Welcome to episode 401. I am your host, Tavishima George Ayede, Abuja-based sales and business consultant. The host of this podcast, which is the longest-running business, Nigerian business podcast. So today, I'd like us to tackle a question over from floramichaels.com, which is... Um, which is where, well, it's a site where one of my, uh, some of my much more longer and broader business um, write-ups are published. So again, that's floramichaels.com. I had referred to it on a previous recording, um, interesting site, where they have uh, general um, articles and tidbits. So you have me writing there for business, uh, someone else writing on automobiles. Uh, we have some stuff, general gist, and I think politics as well. Come to think of it, I think I should also go and check out the site to see what the pundits are saying about the uh, Nigerian elections, uh, because it's no news. I mean, for those of us who are Nigerians anyway, that uh, the second, or should I say the first, well, first or second major political party in Nigeria just selected uh, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, the former governor of Lagos State, to be their flag bearer. That's the um, APC. So I guess as you head over to floramichaels.com, not just to learn about um, interesting tidbits in uh, business and uh, automobiles and uh, general gist, but also to see what's going on in the political um, landscape as well. So, uh, politics is not our bread and butter over here on the podcast. So let's get straight into the content for today, which is a question that came over from, uh, from a listener from that site. So the question is this, <clears throat> excuse me, I would like to pitch my business to a potential investor, but I'm afraid it will be turned down. What should I do? Now, this is a worthy question to tackle over here on the podcast as well, because uh, for those of us who are in the wedding and the event space, we are not immune from some of these fears, uh, these concerns and these challenges, because they uh, might be some of you listening to the show who happen to come in uh, using your own um, savings and just trying to hustle it as you went. But then there are other people who have um, stepped into the business by securing loans or uh, looking for investors or um, what have you. So it's not something that we are uh, immune to um, in this space. So before we answer the question, um, preliminaries, something that I ought to state. And that is that uh, we just have to come to terms with the fact that fear is a normal part of doing business. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So, yes, I would like to restate that again. Fear is a normal part of doing business. And that's because we are routinely coming up against new scenarios, new challenges, uh, new customers, new contexts, uh, things that we are unprepared for and that generally test our mettle um, every now and then. So... It's something that we have to get used to when it comes to running our business. We can't get rid of uh, fear. And that's because we're always going to come up against new scenarios, new challenges. However, um, the emotion of fear is not supposed to be a regular part of running our business on a day-to-day. So if you're one of those people who wakes up and you're anxious um, about um, everything, you know, the phone rings as a customer, you're anxious, you talk to the investor, you're anxious, you're talking to the fulfillment partners, you're anxious, um let's see what else i mean you're doing everything and you're anxious 
then you might have a significant problem. So if uh, fear is a daily or a habitual part of your life, then you ought to speak to a mental health uh, professional because the kind of ideas that we're going to uh, cover over here on this podcast isn't going to cover these kind of um, scenarios. And it's something I've said on the podcast um, before, especially after I got um, pulled over by the Federal Road Safety Corps and they um, made me uh, have a uh, mandatory um, psychiatric evaluation. Um, Well, just to let you guys know that in case there are Nigerians out there who think we don't have mental health professionals in Nigeria, rest assured we do. And we have them at our public hospitals. I know from a first-hand um, encounter with the road safety that if you go to Garuki General Hospital in area... Uh, no, that's not area 3. Is that area 3? Either area 3 or area 8. I can't... Well, area 3 and area 8 are close to each other. So um, it's close to the Catholic uh, church, close to the cathedral. So if you go to the general hospital there, then I know for a fact that you can find mental health professionals there. And so... If you're one of the people who have uh, who has um, habitual daily fears, then perhaps you can go and uh, speak to them there. So yeah, you have it on my own personal authority that we have mental health professionals in Nigeria. And in fact, I have had um, a session, a visit with one. I'll tell you guys what the result was later. But basically, rest assured, I am not uh, insane. But anyway, more on that uh, drama some other time. So, uh, when it comes to raising funds from potential investors, what are the kinds of fears that we're dealing with? Um, In sales in general, and in this uh, particular situation, mostly the kind of fears that we're dealing with is the fear of personal rejection. And that's because most people look for personal validation in business, in career, in relationships, and other endeavors that we are engaged, uh, engaged with, or is it engaged with or engaged? to engage on. Anyway, most of the stuff that we do to on a day-to-day basis, um, a lot of us are looking for personal validation. And so that's the reason why fear of personal rejection is a big thing. So you're talking to investors, you don't want to be rejected. Personal fear of rejection is a big thing. You're talking to potential clients, uh, you don't want them to say no. A lot is riding on the opportunity. So um, uh, fear of personal rejection is also a big thing. So you'll find that not only in this context, but in loads of other contexts, what we're dealing with is just the fear of personal uh, rejection. Uh, so how do we deal with the case of personal rejection in general business contexts before we narrow it down to dealing with investors? In general, this is what you want to do. First of all, you have to take the emphasis off of yourself and focus either on getting business validation or focus on the customer and the stakeholder needs. I'll repeat again. We are afraid of personal rejection and one way to deal with it is to focus on either business validation or to focus on customer or stakeholder needs. If you keep worrying about um, whether you are articulate enough, whether you're dressed right, whether you're doing this, whether you have the pedigree, whether you have the competency, no matter what it is, then you're only going to get more anxious. But if you start focusing on external stuff, in this case, which is business validation, then those are things out there that you can pay attention to, that you can control and you can manage the narrative. And you'll find that once you have an external, a plan that is external to you, 
then managing the uh, fear becomes a whole lot um, easier. So it's about business, business validation. It's not about personal validation. I've spoken about this in more detail on the podcast. So if this is your first time listening, just scroll down uh, to the uh, 400 episodes that we have so far. You find anything that has uh, market validation in the title and there's some more details uh, there. So it's about business validation. And then it's about customer or stakeholder needs. So it's not about us. It's about the other person that we are relating to. So so long as you focus on business validation and you focus on the needs of the person who is uh, standing on the other end of the conversation, on the other end of the phone call, on the other end of the DM or the email, you should be fine and it should be less nerve wracking. And of course, after we're done with this exercise, looking at business validation or focusing on the needs of the other person, then we take stock of our talents, the opportunity, our inventory, and then see if we can um, adapt the market feedback that we've been given or to see if we can satisfy the needs and the uh, desires of uh, the stakeholder, the potential investor, the customer, whoever it is that we're dealing with. So that's it in a general sense, how we manage the fear realize that it's not about you it's about business validation and it's about the other person's needs so uh, we have to take the focus off of ourselves and then we have to focus on the business challenges at hand that's how it's going to work for the general person but like i said if you are anxiety prone then perhaps you need to take a visit to uh, the general hospital in area three or area eight and speak to one of the uh, competent mental health professionals that they have um, on staff of course, I know that there are also private outfits in Abuja that um, handle uh, mental health issues. And I would suppose that if they're already in Abuja, then they might be in Lagos and maybe Port Harcourt, Enugu, at least the urban um, centers or urban areas um, in, um, in Nigeria. So now, how does all this relate to fundraising? Now, you have to realize that it's not about you. It's about, number one, the, vi- the viability of the business opportunity. And then number two, it's about the needs of the potential financier. So if you're worried about whether this business opportunity is viable and you're thinking about what the needs of the potential financier um, is or financiers are, then you don't have too much time to be anxious because you're just going around uh, just trying to sort out business, basically. So you have to put your time and your effort into answering a couple of questions. Number one, is this a long-term profitable opportunity? Uh, because if it's not, it's not going to be attractive to um, investors. And this is one of the um, this is one of the ways in which we uh, drop the ball. Because if it's not a long-term profitable opportunity and it's not attractive, then even if you have all the poise and all the sophistication, all the packaging, uh, you're very articulate and you're very competent and you're credible and you're referred to from uh, uh, somebody with the right connections, this is where you're going to start losing people. It has to be a profitable opportunity. It has to be worth the while. Lemon has to be worth the squeeze for a potential investor to be interested. And then you also have to figure out if this opportunity aligns with a couple of things from the financiers and from the investors and you know does it blend with their risk appetite um, is this too risky for them uh, we also have to look at their financial goals uh, we also have to consider the investment portfolio that they have um, so if you're looking for somebody to invest in your wedding planning business 
it might not um it might not jive very well if you hear that they're heavily invested uh, in agriculture for instance so the agriculture business the export business the farming business um yeah business is business and at the end of the day you have to look at the the um what's it called the is it the income statement Gosh, I can't remember. Anyway, the report card of the business, basically, that document that shows this is how much that came in, this is how much that went out, this is how much the profit is. So, uh, yes, at the end of the day, it's all about looking at um, that particular document to figure out how the investment is doing. But if somebody is much more comfortable throwing their money around in real estate or in agriculture, then maybe there might not be um, very, um, it might not it might not make sense for you to approach them asking for investments in your um, wedding uh, planning business, uh, for instance, because for, um, let's say, real estate, they are used to investing on a cash flow basis. So you buy the building, uh, you have tenants, uh, so basically money is coming in every month. But um, if you're going to be a wedding planner or let's say a wedding decor person, because I think wedding decor people need more capital outlay. You know, you have to buy your tables, your chandeliers, your um, your different cloth. You have to buy, um, let's see, you, you need the uh, warehousing space. You need to buy your truck so that you can move your equipment and stuff like that. So if somebody throws down all that money for you, you know, 3M, 4M, I'm just guessing. I don't know how much it costs to buy all those things, but let's just say it costs 4M. The chances are um, you make that initial investment of 3M or 4M, and it doesn't mean that you're going to start being cash flow positive um, next month. So someone who's coming in from a different um, business, um, or let's say someone who has been playing around in uh, other business spaces, might not understand these sorts of things and these are the things that we have to take into account when we're looking at you know their risk uh, risk appetite their financial goals investment portfolio uh, for um etc etc because for the real estate example that i gave if things go south at least you still have that land or you still have that building and uh, you can um, sell and try and recoup something but then if things go south with the wedding planning business what have you got or if things go south with the wedding photography business that they have dropped, you know, uh, 5M in, then what have you got? You have cameras that have quickly depreciated, and it's the same thing with the wedding planning or with the wedding decor. You have all this inventory that has quickly depreciated, and they might not be able to make back um, most of uh, their money. So anyway, so with this in mind, there are a few things that you ought to do before engaging in fundraising. You have to do your research on the financial prospects of the opportunity. So you have to be able to figure out and talk about what the opportunity is, how much money is there to be made, how will you in particular make money, how much money do you need to borrow to make things happen, how are you going to use this money to make sure that the plans come to fruition, uh, what else, what is the plan, uh, what is the schedule for paying back the capital to the investor, are you offering equity in return, he's going to have a share in uh, the business, or are you asking for a simple loan so that you can pay back um, interest, you must have done um, all these research, because before the potential investor rejects you and says, uh, I'm out, for those of you who watch uh, Dragons Den and Shark Tank and all those shows, before the investors say, I'm out, before they say, get out of here, before they say, you're not serious. These are the kinds of questions that they will ask you. So if you prepared ahead of time and you have done the research and you have the answers, then um, it doesn't have to be as nerve-wracking um, as you think. 
So apart from all these questions around the business opportunity, you should also be asking around and asking about trying to do some research on the potential, sorry, on the potential investor that you want to approach. So you have to try and figure out who he is or who she is, figure out the things that they are interested in, just like I said, what businesses they have invested in in the past, and try and figure out what it is like with um, working with them. Because if it sounds like they are not the kind of uh, people that you like to hang around with or work with, that's the investor in this case, or the investors, if you're getting more than one, if it sounds like this is not an opportunity that aligns with any of their interests or business concerns, then maybe it might not be a good idea to approach them in the first place. So if you can, you should also have a pre-meeting or a small chat with the potential um, investor. All the while, you should be asking them open-ended questions like we advocate over here um, on the podcast about uh, whether they are looking for places to invest money um, in the first place. And they also have to talk about the kinds of things that they think are good investment opportunities. Because if you think the wedding space is a good investment opportunity, but they don't think so, when the time comes to have that actual conversation, you're going to be arguing uphill. And it's a lot easier to preach to the choir. It's a lot easier to talk to people who are already convinced. And it's already, it's a lot easier to gain traction on these sorts of things when you guys have some sort of... Uh, um, uh, what will I say, mutual interest or mutually agreed on a couple of things. So you want to be sure about some of these things before you go in for the hard pitch to say, uh, uncle or chief or uh, your excellency, you know, give me 10M, give me 5M to invest in this fish tank or to invest in this uh, wedding planning business um, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the things that they think are good investment opportunities. We also have to find out what kind of returns that they are looking for. Because there's some people who uh, drop 5M and they want to see 1M every year for the next five years. And after that, they're going to gain, uh, maybe get a share of your company or whatever. We need to know what kind of returns they're looking for. Because if you collect the money and you don't have this conversation, you're going to be in for lots of um, quarrels later on down the line. And then the other things that they have in their uh, business and investment portfolio. All these questions are important. For those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you remember the case study that I gave about my friend who took some investment money from successful businessmen uh, in other areas, but they didn't have these sorts of conversations about the kinds of returns that they were looking for. And so eventually they had to part ways and this guy had to sell um, everything. He had to sell uh, everything, get rid of the lease, um, sell even his own personal equipment that he had before taking the loan. And that was just because he wanted to make sure that everybody was made um, everybody was made whole and the money was paid back in full. So you need to have these uh, questions up front. What kind of returns that they are looking for? Because if somebody drops 5M and they are thinking of 1M every year, but what you are thinking about is more like uh, you have 100K or maybe 250K um, off to start servicing the loan at the end of the year, then it's best to bring up these things now so that you guys don't start uh, quarreling um, later on in the future after you've collected the money and you've bought machines you've bought equipment you've paid rent you've had staff uh what else you paid for facebook ads and um, all kinds of things so if you like the answers that you get from all these questions that uh, we've recommended so far then you know if there's room for you guys to uh, work together and if it's a good idea to go ahead so in summary yes raising funds can be a scary thing if you're afraid of being rejected by potential investors, then take a deep breath and take the focus off you. So in general, you should be concerned with and you should prepare for answers around the business context. 
So, so long as you are paying attention to all these things that we have um, spoken about so far, you'll see that there's not much um, room for you to be scared, at least in the leading up phase. Maybe when you're having that actual conversation, you might be afraid. And in future episodes, we'll have specific uh, tips and tricks for how to handle uh, those in-person conversations. But for now, you should be concerned with the investment opportunity. What is the investment opportunity? You should be able to talk about that. And you should be able to explain how it aligns with the interest of the investors. And then if you can answer uh, these questions, then you stand a realistic chance of getting an investment either with this guy or girl that you're talking to right now or with another investor down the line because that's also another fact of doing business that you don't always um it's not everybody that you talk to that is going to click and that you're going to see all the deal so don't worry if um, investor a and b turn you down you might be successful with investors e and f or x y or z so this is also another reason why everybody needs to learn how to sell because from what we've spoken about so far i i hope you guys are beginning to see that um, the art of selling isn't just concerned with moving particular goods and services so selling goes beyond selling your photography services or selling your dried catfish or selling your architectural services or your investor batteries sorry not investor inverter batteries or selling your handbags and shoes over on instagram Sales skills are essential to advancing any agenda that you have, whether it's in business, life, or, uh, or politics. So these are the chief benefits that you're going to get um, and the chief benefits of uh, using sales uh, discipline in these kinds of scenarios. Because if nothing else, um, sales uh, discipline, sales thinking, sales practice helps to take the focus and the emphasis off of you and it keeps you focused on the main thing. So, with uh, the things that we have um, tossed around over here, I hope that there's enough to get you guys feeling more confident uh, when you're about to handle that meeting with the uh, potential investor. So, thank you very much for listening to today's recording. I'll catch you guys at the. I'll catch you guys at the next one. So, we're heading into the weekend. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend.